Hi, this is uh, Chuck at Lazarus Recovery Podcast at the junction of faith and recovery. Uh, I'm going to be talking about a really difficult subject. I'm going to be talking about right and wrong, good and bad. And why, why would I be so foolish to do that? Because it is a feature of both faith and recovery. And it's, it's one of those things that people don't want to talk about. They'd rather, they'd rather talk about people being all good. It's, uh, you know, we're all good. We're good. You know, there's no good or bad. Everybody's the same. They're all equally good. And if you do that, you really don't have a good handle on what this whole faith and recovery thing is. I mean, you can have a theological stand of some people that say, everybody's basically good. And it's just environmental, the reasons why people act badly. And there's no, God is good, and he's, it, it, that, that it's, it's all good. All you got to do is uh, convince yourself that everything's okay. And that is not biblical, but I want to talk a little bit about that because I'm going to get grief about even talking about this. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot of really difficult stuff here. And what basically the easiest way to deal with is not deal with it at all. You know, the easy way out is not to, not to say that there's a consequence because in the recovery business, people, there's a lot of stuff that's really not too good in a recovery business. You know, I ran a sober house for, for five and a half years, and I encountered some people that were absolutely marvelous. They were dedicated to staying sober, staying clean, and doing the next right thing. And I encountered other people who posed as being in recovery that were just basically looking for the next hustle. They figured that uh, recovery owed them a living and they took advantage of it. They figured they were, they just had the right to be a pain in the neck and, and to be crooked. And I was just not prepared for that. I was, I was just there trying to help people have a place to stay, have a place that was safe, that they could, you know, get into recovery and enjoy the fellowship of other people that were in recovery and get a leg up so that they could go on their own and, and build a life second to none. I discovered that that wasn't, you know, that was uh, not necessarily possible. And why was that? Why, why in the world was that? You know, I think some people just reject the whole thing of good and bad, of like truth or consequences. They, did, they didn't want to believe in consequences. 
They certainly didn't want to believe in biblical truth or biblical theology. They didn't want to believe in that at all for obvious reasons. Had a lot of people that were, um, you know, from a jailhouse background. I, I worked in, uh, I taught in a uh, halfway house, Christian halfway house thing for five years. I did a monthly monthly gig teaching to the guys in the house. It was, if the ho- house was reasonably civilized, it was reasonably easy. But if it got to be what I'd call jailhouse, in other words, the jailhouse mentality took over the place. The strongest personalities in the house were he- heavily in- invested or picked up a lot of jailhouse then it was very, very difficult to teach or to do anything. And I found that true, that there's an attitude, a jailhouse attitude. And I'm not going to go back one way or another on that. I'm just saying that it is, and it works against good recovery. But that's, in order to understand faith and recovery, you've got to understand the forces that drive the, the attitudes. If you, if you go to AA, they talk about attitudes. You know, what's your attitude like? You know, attitude of gratitude. Attitude is a big thing because they've learned that it, it is a measure of the predictability of whether you're going to stay sober or not. If your attitude is negative and not positive, then you've you got an excellent chance of relapsing. So basically, the theory in recovery, in AA in particular, is if you're living a good, positive, faith-based life, not necessarily a Jesus life, but a faith-based life, then your chances of relapsing are low. If you neglect that and you're living your own old life, then your chances of relapsing are extremely high. And that's what they teach. You know, that's what they over and over again, how is your program? The question is, how is your program? What's your recovery look like? Or it was, um, well, his recovery is a little lame. In other words, his attitude is bad. He's not really doing, or she is not really doing the meetings, and his, his attitude and his behavior, her attitude and behavior hasn't changed. She's, she's walking like an addict, talking like an addict, and living like an addict but not using. And generally speaking, the, the common wisdom is is that if you walk that way and talk that way, chances are in the end you're going to be living that way. You're become, going to become an act, active addict again. That's difficult. That's, that's a, what you don't want to do. That's, that's, you don't want to be that person. So in recovery, bad is like a bad program. It's like you're, you're not in a good recovery place. You're, you're living in a ways that's dangerous to your sobriety and your cleanness. And then there's good and there's bad to that. In other words, basically the understanding is do the next right thing. If you're acting like a crook and talking like a crook and hanging out with crooks, chances are you're going to be a crook. And if you're, the, the likelihood that you're going to be a sober crook diminishes. In other words, morality is whatever you got to do to stay sober, and living bad attitude and a bad recovery is a sure way to pick up again. And if you pick up again, 
then the outcomes are, are very bad. So morality and recovery is, are you living a program that's going to keep you clean and sober? It's the way it is. Faith is a way to live that keeps your attitude good, that gets a little added help. But there is a real resistance in recovery circles to talk about good and bad. Like I'll, I'll, I'll do God as long as he stays out of my business. As long as he stays out of my way to do what I think I'm staying sober for. I've seen it over and over again. I've seen it when I was doing a house. As long as you're doing stuff that helps them stay away from a drink and make their life better, they're all for you. If you start talking about faith and religion, you start talking about the next right thing or stuff like that, then they get very hostile and they just don't want to deal with it. Morality is something that's like a dirty word sometimes with some people. The next right thing, well, if you define right thing correctly, then it doesn't impinge too much, but it's just really, 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 really difficult because the problem is that the words right and wrong, good and bad, because if you'd establish what is right and wrong or good and bad, especially in biblical terms, that just is, is the bridge too far. You say, oh, that's not true. It is true. It is true. These days, people want to be able to define their good. And they also want to be able to define their, their God. And they we want to be able to define who he is, what he is, how he is, and what he likes and he doesn't like. And you can understand Christian, Christian denominations and stuff by exactly what there is. Where do they stand on good and bad? And what are they, where do they stand on the consequences of good and bad? Or where do they stand on the nature of who God is and what he likes and doesn't like? That's the, that's the real thing. You can find out a lot about faith and recovery by where they stand on good and bad. And, you know, and that's the, that's a, this particular podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about that, not exhaustively, but just to give you an idea of just how much of a, a signpost that is. You know, where do they stand on good and bad? And it tells you everything you need to know about where people are, and what they're about. You know, so I want to talk about good and bad. Basically, a lot of people in recovery and a lot of people even in faith, there, there is no bad. And there is no consequences to bad. It just doesn't exist. God's a love, and he loves us no matter what. And he's going to make allowances for our stuff because, after all, we're victims. He doesn't have a, a list of right and wrong. He doesn't have a list of what he likes and what he doesn't like. He is the ultimate supreme codependent parent. He, he just doesn't, doesn't have an opinion about good and bad. He doesn't have his list. And he most definitely doesn't, doesn't uh, you know, keep records and, you know, 
bring justice at the end of things. It's just, it's, it's, that's the, that's the bridge too far. That's the absolute bridge too far. And it, you can sort of know that's the thing. I think the thing I want to underline is the fact that is not outrageous and unusual. People, human people, want to be able to define their right and wrong. They, it's, it's like thought of as a, a right. You can define your own right and wrong. And, and you, can, you can have a God as you understand him. In other words, if you, if you define God, then God is somehow obligated to conform to your definition of who he is. Biblically, it's just not going to fly. It just doesn't work. But I understand completely why that is. That's why AA did what they did. They wanted people to get sober. They didn't want to get in the middle of theological stuff, so they just said, God, as you understand it. And it worked. People were able to stay sober. People were able to define their own higher power and have it work. In other words, to stay sober. They could live a life second to none on a self-defined God. And they, they assume theologically that that's the way God was. You know, that's the way God was. They could do what they want to do, and God would give them kindly what they needed. You get what you need, not what you want. Well, there was, you know, the new definition was you get what you need and you get what you want if you pick your higher power. That's not exactly biblical, but it is understandable very understandable for human beings you know you get you get the god you get by your understanding of who he is that's just the that's just the way it is and that's the if you want to understand faith and you understand recovery you have to have to understand that everybody has that thing everybody has that thing everybody has the the, the tendency to define God the way they want to define God. It is just, that's the, that's the nature of the human beast, that we want to define God the way we want to define God, so we get what we want. And in order to do that, you have to drive this whole right and wrong thing under a low bridge. You know, so you just basically say, eh, I don't believe that. You know, I believe that if I make a good effort, God's going to be there, whatever. Whatever I do, he's going to be there because he loves and he cares for me. And it's in the end, all this good and bad stuff isn't an issue with him. He's a, he's a, he's a good parent. Well, it's called codependent parent. That's a problem. That's a real problem for everybody. You know, if you're if you're if you don't understand about good and bad, and it's 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 sort of it's sort of like uh, it's 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 baked in the cake. You know, biblically says it, it says this good and bad thing is baked in the cake. It's it's there no matter what. But even at God as you understand them you got to understand that there's good and bad. 
And that's what I want to talk about a little bit. I'm running out of time, but that's what I want to talk about. The good and the bad. You got to understand that there is good and bad. And you got to understand that there's consequences for it. In AA, they say, well, if you live a bad program, you're going to pick up and you're going to die. That's a consequence. Why they did that is they didn't want to get into the place of being moralistic about behavior. They did say work the steps, and if you do stupid stuff, you make amends for it. But they didn't want to go to a, a hardcore Christian biblical guy. They just didn't want to do it. Because a lot of people didn't want to do it. Because, like some of my friends and a friend I had in AA, they didn't mind Jesus as long as he stayed out of their extracurricular social life. They didn't mind Jesus to, to make him feel secure. They just didn't want to tell, have him tell them how to do it. You know, that's just, that's just a, a sloppy reading of, of what that, that whole transaction is with Jesus. You know, Lord and Savior. Well, the Lord goes with the Savior. So the obedience is baked into that cake. And when he discovered that maybe that was baked into the cake, he didn't want, want any part of it. It was easier just to drive good and bad under a low bridge. To even, I mean, it didn't even want to go to the place of this higher power who's keeping me sober and ensuring that I don't die um, has opinions about good and bad. It's just, they didn't want anybody to tell them anything about how they were going to live their life. And they didn't certainly want to say, anybody tell them, well, there's consequences to how you do that. I mean, it's not good and a bad as since you're worse than another person. All this stuff is baked into the cake. In order to understand faith or recovery, you've got to understand that's baked into the cake. That is, that, that thing is there. You know, I mean, Christian people call it sin. I don't know, recovery people might say bad program or bad recovery or a poor recovery. You know, in other words, the way you're living is gonna interfere with your recovery. Christians would say, well, there are consequences to living a certain way. But it's the understanding that there is, there is a thing called good and bad. There is a thing that is called constructive or destructive. There is that, that thing. And the real problem is, is that when you start talking about the fact that you're talking about people in recovery, you got to understand that they're human. Well, what I'm saying in this podcast is the human part is there's a good and a bad thing. It's a, it's a vein that runs through that. You know, Bible would say it's, you know, people have that. But why you see what you see in a general population of people in faith and recovery, you have to understand that it's people. I've been saying that, it's people. There's human beings. And this good and bad thing is 
I want to say baked in the cake. It is, it is, it is part of the thing. To understand human beings, you have to understand that this good-bad thing is part of the package. This potential for good and potential for bad is there. It's like in the seed. It's in the, they used to talk about the, the stuff of leaven and the bread. Well, in humans, the leaven and the bread is the fact it has the potential to grow good, but it also has the potential to grow bad. And it is just simply part of understanding about faith and recovery. You have to understand that we all have the capacity for good and we have the capacity for bad. And to deny that is, is not wise. You have to understand and you, then you have to say, well, if there's a, my capacity for bad, how do I control that? How do, what are ways that I can control it? And also ways you remediate. In other words, if there's problems in the house, you have to remediate. You have to go in there, spend some time, clean it up, and then make it so it's not going to come back. You've got to cut out the rot, and you've got to replace it with good wood, and you've got to, you know, slather on some stuff that's going to keep the bad out. You've got to keep the water out. You've got to do all that stuff. So you've got to understand. You have to understand that there's good and bad, and that you... That, that part of recovery and part of faith is remediating the, the consequences of the bad you have and then also insulating against a recurrence of that problem. But you have to understand it's a human thing. you got to understand that's human. And it gives you a better understanding like of both faith and recovery. This potential for wandering, they pipe talk about sheep wandering off and being like stupid and foolish. You know, Jesus didn't use that for yucks and grins. He used it to describe human beings. We are pretty stupid and we wander into places that are dangerous. You know, we eat, we eat stuff on the ground that's like poisonous. I mean, it's just the way it is. If you know people and you've been in recovery or you've been in whatever, you know that people wander off and they eat stupid stuff. And they get sick and some die. Because they're foolish and they're stupid. And they don't understand that they have the capacity for that. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Faith people have to understand that they're prone to be stupid. And recovery people have to understand they're prone to be stupid. It's built into the thing. Just like if you're in a family that has a history of cancer, you got to be wise and do, do the right checkups to check and catch it early. You're prone from the family. Well, it's the same thing. The human race is prone to wander into a ditch. That's what the Bible says. They're prone to wander into a ditch. You need to have remediation. You need to have set up guardrails that prevent you from, you know, wandering into a place that there's no really good way out. And in order to understand that, you got to understand there's good and bad. And the seeds of that are planted inside us. You say, that's not, I don't believe that. We're all good. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, it's, you, everybody can believe anything they want. But the simple fact is if you go into a population 
of either faith or recovery, you're going to find examples, if you're honest with yourself, of people who have just seemed to be bound and determined to crash and burn and beat and leave a wreckage behind them. They they just leave a wreckage behind them. And there's other people that are more prone to leaving blessings behind them. And then there's the people in the middle that make a decision to ask God to help them and they leave a blessing behind. And there are people that decide through hurt or pain or just cussedness to live a destructive life. And, and they do. There's no, you can't live a cussed life without leaving a wreckage. And they don't care. They don't care at all about that. Or they, they decide they're not going to care about that. You know, there's good and there's bad and it's baked in the cake. You know, that's biblical. But, you know, even in recovery, you can understand a, an immense amount of get rid of the confusion if you remember that into, baked into every person is this propensity for being stupid and being destructive. You have to understand that we have that propensity for being good and bad. We have that propensity for being stupid. You know, and that's what we need to remember. And that's what this this podcast is about. You know, understanding. Now, just to end it a little bit, I want to just give you an example. Faith people can't say, that's not us. I'm saved. I don't have that problem. I'm sorry. I've been in the church a long time. Like I've said, you know, I get mad because I run into people who are outwardly faithful and are under the ground are despicable. You know, they are predators. They are, they are everything that you don't want to be, and they leave wreckage behind. They just, you know, families that are destroyed. They have sort of let the, that propensity for destructiveness to have free reign and there's no curb on their their stupidity. And that's, that's a puzzle unless you understand that that's just the way we are. Everybody has the propensity, if not uh, remediated, to, to do destroying the people you love the most. Thence, it then it makes, becomes more important to work your program diligently because that's what faith and recovery understand. If you work your program diligently, you have a tendency to curb the lesser angels of our nature. Lincoln said the, the lesser angels. In other words, there's a capacity to do bad and there's a capacity to do good. And recovery is all about maximizing the good and suppressing the, the more destructive parts of us. That's recovery. You know, that's the object of recovery through spiritual practices, through fellowship, through help being held accountable. You repress and remediate the damage from our tendency to do, do stuff that's not good. In the faith, your parlance, the spirit is with you. 
that, that if you ask the Holy Spirit to be there, that he will be there and, you know, help and ameliorate, uh, remediate the, the possible damages of our stupid self. So if you look at it from both sides, it's perfectly understandable. The language changes, but the, 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 the situation's the same. You know, how do we, how do we remediate and keep the, the stupidest angels of ourselves from doing damage to everybody we care about? And how do we, how do we walk a, live a life second to none and not trash everybody near us? You know, you know how do we control this, this seed of destruction in us? And how do we encourage the, the, the seeds of a better nature? In us, you know that's if you listen to look at it that way, faith and recovery are identical. They, 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 everything is identical. You know, if you understand it that way, you understand that recovery is about talking in different words but getting the same result. Tamp down the destructive and encourage the constructive. Walk a spiritual life so that the spirit holes into a into sort of control the the baser natures of our our existence so if you don't acknowledge that there is a good and bad and it, the potential resides in us like it's a it's a gene in us that is in everybody it's like what you inherit from your family it's this uh and that's what Bible teaches. It's basically this is inherited all the way down. We need God's help to remediate and to control this and to, to give us the ability to live a, a good. And So basically, the feature of good and bad is, is, is embedded in AA, NA, and church, faith, and everything like that. It's all about keeping that that tendency to do the wrong thing under some sort of control and then also to build into the process some way to remediate and to repair the damage that's already been done. That's what recovery is and that's what faith is. Faith is all about controlling the tendency to do bad and to remediate the stuff you've already done. Keep your relationship with God on a good place. You know, I'm not going to talk about consequences of bad and consequences of good. That's, that's for another podcast. But I just want you to understand, the game is the same, whatever the label is. Humans are the same. This is not, faith people are not different from recovery people. They're the same thing. They're, they're baked out of the same cake. But they look at it a different way, but it's the same thing. It's absolutely the same thing. They're all dealing with good and bad. They're all dealing with struggling with what good is and what bad is and trying to control and fix all the things that we do that we mess up. So that's the basic thing. I mean, it's a difficult thing. People are going to be angry because I'm talking about good and bad, you know. But, you know, that's the, that's the fundamental root of the understanding of faith communities and recovery communities dealing with this good and bad thing. So that's it. If you have questions, leave a comment um, at LazarusRecovery.org. 
you know, listen to the next podcast, you know, argue with me, do whatever you want to do. Uh, we'll have a conversation. That's it. This is Chuck at Lazarus Recovery Podcast at the junction of faith and recovery. Like I say, don't drink, go to a meeting, you know, you know, stay close to the Lord, walk in the spirit. This is Chuck at Lazarus Recovery Podcast at the junction of faith and recovery. Thank you for spending time with me. Bye-bye.